and welcome to our podcast series, The Right Connection, where we discuss all things mentoring related. Today, I'm delighted to be interviewing Meredith Murphy and Mary Gretsch, two of our long-standing customers from Fitted for Work, which is a non-for-profit organization committed to helping disadvantaged and underrepresented women in the community, of which a mentoring program uh, plays a key role. So Meredith and Mary, welcome today to The Right Connection. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks, great to be here. So we'll jump straight into it. Um, You know, where I wanted to start today was just acknowledging your long-standing commitment to Fitted for Work. So I understand both of you have been at the organisation for over 11 years now. So Meredith as the Fitted for Work volunteer manager and Mary as a long-time volunteer. And so we're thinking about this, you know, um, this length of service. It tells me two things, you know, you must love the work you do. Um, but you also must really feel like you're making an impact. And I think if we reflect on the last couple of years and, you know, that that term around the great resignation, um, I think it would be nice to stop and reflect um, with both of you on just your loyalty and dedication to Fitted for Work. And so, Meredith, I know a lot of people, yeah, as I said, after the last two years in particular, are seeking, you know, more purpose in their work. What's kept you at Fitted for Work all these years? Yeah, look, it's a it's a really interesting question. Um, I think um, you mentioned dedicated to fitted for work, and I think that makes it sound really noble. I don't think it's quite that, but I think um, what I've always loved about the organisation is it is a it is an organisation that is here to help people, and that's always been my driver. Like I've always been in work that can hopefully make a difference for people. And that's what I really love about Fitted for Work. And, um, in fact, we just had a new staff member sign up this week and joined a staff meeting. And she said, I can't believe how happy everybody is. This seems to be such a lovely workplace. And I think I think that is a lot about what's kept me at Fitted for Work. It's a good place to be. It's a good place to work because yeah. we look after each other. Um, but it's also that we're doing good things and we yeah. are helping people and that's definitely what's kept me at Fitted for Work all this time. Amazing. And Mary, I actually believe you started uh, uh, before Meredith. You know, what, what's driven you to dedicate a large part of your life to Fitted for Work as well? Uh, well, my background's in rehabilitation, so helping ill and injured people return to work. And also then I did some further study and went into career development So I was seeing adult clients who wanted to change their careers, look for work, et cetera. And I actually, I'm I'm not quite sure how I got this, but I got like this little postcard um, around Fitted for Work. Someone sent it to me and said, oh, this this would be a good organisation to perhaps tap into. And I had it on the mantle in my office. And then um, as I sort of was morphing into working paid work less and just was looking for somewhere to... um, devote some time to on on an unpaid basis and it was really looking for an organization where I could use my skills and experience yeah um and help women um but uh in in a very direct way and just as Meredith said it's a great organization um I love being a a part of that organization um you know it's very much volunteer driven so that's quite unique about it and you'll find that um most volunteers exactly feel this, the same way about contributing to the lives of others in a, a really yeah. direct, real way. Love it. Well, you know, that kind of leads into my next question. We should probably talk about, you know, what does Fitted for Work actually do? And I guess, you know, how are you 
uniquely different out in um, the market with some other, I guess, community service providers. Um, um, so, yeah, feel free, either one of you, to jump in. Well, I'm happy to jump in. And I guess the, um, the first thing to say is to describe um, what we do through our mission statement, um, which is really that we exist to support women experiencing disadvantage to get work, keep work and navigate their world of work. And we work across the transgender and gender diverse community as well. So we're open um, to anybody that identifies as a woman that wants support in their job seeking. So um, I think we do it in a way that is quite inclusive and wraparound. So we have services from the um, that support people in the really early stages of job seeking. So they might might have experienced long-term unemployment not just really know what they yeah. even want to do or where to start looking for a job or what job might be good for them. So we can direct them to um, – uh, well, that's actually where mentoring is a really good starting point for those people. But um, yeah. we can – through our job hub, we can talk to women about um, how to put a resume together, how to prepare for an interview. Like we do all those really, really job-focused things. We've got – an eMERGE program, which um, has morphed over time. And that was another of the programs that Mary helped to set up way back in the beginning. But um, that program is something that gives women confidence. It helps them to start to answer those questions about what they might be good at, what their skills are, what their experiences in life have led them to that they can take into employment. So the eMERGE program is really good for helping women start to know themselves better and where they're at in terms of readiness for work. Um, we've got the outfitting service. Most people have heard of Fitted for Work because they're not yeah. for something to do with clothing. And that's yeah. a fantastic part of our service, obviously, because it gives women the physical things they need to feel confident. You know, we all know yeah. that you can have a bad hair day and, you know, yeah, just absolutely. feel really. Yeah, or, or you can put on an outfit that you feel, oh, I feel pretty good in this and gives you that confidence. So we all understand the importance yeah. of that. And we've been able to do that um, uh, online now. We, we can service women anywhere across the country. So we've been, and COVID has certainly uh, helped to um, push us into that space, but we were already doing that before. But all of those things, I think, are part of what we offer women um, in terms of what um, they can do to prepare for work. But I think that one of the things that makes us unique is that we see that experiencing disadvantage in a way that is it can happen to anyone at yeah. any time in their life so you don't have to be a centrelink recipient on a healthcare card yeah. to access fitted for work you just need to be a woman who wants some help and is willing to put your hand up and say i think i need someone to help me through this and i think that is part of what makes us unique that we see that experiencing disadvantage can be and is for some women a lifetime for yes. other women, it's a, just a pocket-in-time experience and we can jump in there to support them in whatever that need might be. No, I think that's, um, you know, a, a fabulous distinction as well because I think we've potentially heard more of these stories and becoming more aware, particularly after COVID, that they, there's just a series of circumstances that can lead to someone now experiencing yeah. disadvantage. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, it can be, you know, highly educated people that have had work for a long time, but then all of a sudden a series of events have led to, 
now maybe needing a little bit of support and help. And and I love that um, also, Meredith, that, that piece, and this kind of leads into my next piece around t- talking, I guess, leading into the mentoring question and, and the purpose of the mentoring program. But you, you mentioned that component of really, you know, that confidence building part around yeah. asking questions of um, your your community and, and asking them and giving them a chance to voice, you know, what, what's their experience? What's their, what do they like? What do they have yeah. ambitions for? You know, that, that piece leads into this, you know, key aspect of mentoring, you know, and that active listening part. But I think, you know, just that sentiment there shows that Fitted for Works an organisation that, you know, is there to, to listen as well. And it's not about telling. Yeah. That, that's, that's really um, great to hear as well. Yeah. So, so leading into, I guess, that piece around the mentoring component uh, that you did touch on maybe early on for, for, for some of these women that maybe have been experiencing disadvantage for a longer period of time and using mentoring as a way to support and build confidence. You know, how long has the, the mentoring program, uh, I guess, been running for now and, and, and what was kind of the impetus to, to implement the, the mentor program? Sure. Do you want me to take this one, Meredith? Yeah, yeah. please do, Mary. Uh, so way back, Heidi, um, we, myself and another person were involved in developing a pre-employment program. So it was called Transition to Work back then, and now it's morphed into lots of different names and changed, etc. And so that was all about communication skills, obviously the practical stuff about where to look for work, but how to negotiate, manage conflict, all that great stuff. And so we developed that program, but part of that program we felt essential was for the woman to be offered a mentor because we felt that mentoring is really the, the, the tool to help with sustainable employment. So if you have someone, you know, in your back pocket who's there to support you through any of the, the continuum of job search and through to getting a job and sustaining a job, uh, it would have to be a mentor. So yep. we made that part of the program um, that women were offered a mentor and we talk about the benefits of mentoring, et cetera. So that's really where that came from. So that's been, you know, 11 years ago yep. um, that that started. And the very first program, we offered mentors to to women. So some women yeah, have been involved since that you know, Amazing. Right that time, yeah, because we felt that it was an essential component. So you've been one of our, our customers now for a number of years, um, but tell me, you know, I'm curious, what did your program look like before you started engaging with Mentor Loop? Um, you know, challenges and I guess running the program, um, the admin lots of, side, lots like of bits of paper, <laughs> lots of bits of paper <laughs> on kitchen tables. Mm-hmm. On- Boardrooms, donated boardrooms, kitchen tables. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's and, the and visual lo- for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of manual sort of paperwork. Totally, totally. I think um, if I can chip in here, one of the things that um, has changed is the growth, obviously, mm-hmm. and that's where like Mentor Loop has been amazing to help us manage the growth of the program. Mm-hmm. What Mary just described about our early days when we um, developed up the Transition to Work program with mentoring as a parallel to that program 
we were putting women through the transition to work program, building their confidence, getting them ready for work, and then handing them on to a mentor. And we were at the same time developing our mentor training or had developed it. Then we're bringing mentors in through the training. We're getting to know them. So in the very early days, it was this really lovely little, very cosy little group of people because we all uh, knew everybody. Mary and I yeah. working on the program knew who the mentors were and we knew the participants because we were both involved in the training of both. We we're both doing the training with the women in the yep. Transition to Work program and the mentors. As it's grown, of course, and over time, that's just not possible to keep involved yeah. with both groups. And so, as Mary said, like as um, over the years, like we have had so many um, rooms, we've taken over cafes and all sorts of places with bits of paper that these are the mentors, these are the mentees, and they've all filled out their forms. Yeah. For She's in education. Oh, she wants to get into education. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. Who was that person we looked at before? But, but uh, no, she, she lives on the wrong side of town. They oh, can't, right. yeah. she oh. can't see her during business hours. Oh, no. I love this role play. It's really bringing the pain to life. It was painful. It was painful. It was a really massive job and a really big, you know, messy job. So. I think it's important that, like, people, you know, we know from our experience, you know, in, in working with people that just run mentor programs, I mean, I think people underestimate how much work is actually involved in a mentor program. Nobody disputes the fact that mentoring is valuable or worthwhile. Mm -hmm. But what it always gets tacked on to somebody else's job. So you've yeah. already got these roles and responsibilities. And then, you know, somebody has a great idea to start a mentor program. And it's like, oh, you, you guys can do that. They really don't know if you've never run a program, you actually don't know about, you know, how, you know, some of those logistics and that admin burden in, in getting started. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's also um, once you've matched people, you still need to be able to support those relationships. So there is a lot that sits behind and underneath and all around it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, before Mentor Loop, it was, um, as, particularly as it grew, it was becoming harder and harder. To, yeah. keep, um, to keep a real sense of knowing everybody and that we were doing a good job. And, and you know, absolutely that's where Mentor Loop has made it so much easier. It's taken away a lot of that admin burden. And in addition, I guess, to that admin burden, I guess as now the program, you know, as you say, has grown and scaled and you now have, you know, Mentor Loop and the software there to support you um, with that. Like I, I'm interested, you know, what do you have visibility now of that you didn't have before or what has it enabled you by maybe reducing some of the admin burden to focus on in terms of the mentor program? Yeah, so look, undoubtedly not needing to rely on those spreadsheets so much and all that sort of stuff. Like it certainly um, gives a, a lot more time to focus on the relationships and keeping track of how they're going. And that's one of the things that I love about Mentor Loop that I can just pop in and just it allows me to um, see whether individual pairs are interacting and how frequently. Yeah. And that's that's amazing because we know from experience that, you know, we can make a match um, and the mentor signed up and the mentee has put a hand up. Um, what we don't always know, and particularly now because Mary and I are less involved with the um, like we don't know as well, if at all, some of the women that are coming onto the mentor program. Yeah. So we make the match on mentor loop, but um, we're not always sure at what point that woman is at and whether she's actually really ready for a mentor. So she yeah. gets matched, but then she might kind of be 
oh, I don't know what to do with this now and yeah. might not respond to the mentor straight away or something else has gone on for her that yeah. she just hasn't had a chance. And yeah. so at least Mental Loop allows us to be able to see that quite quickly. Yes. Um, we would rely 100% before on the mentor coming back saying, I haven't heard from this person. And yeah. then sometimes the mentors would be like, oh, is that because I haven't done my job well enough? And they might be thinking, oh, I'll just give it another week. And before you know it, it's yeah. been, you know, two months and nothing's happened. So that this is now one of the great things that allows us to focus much earlier, intervene earlier, try yeah. to get, get it on track and support. Um, so that's one of the things I love that um, I can have more time to do. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing I was going to say is um, – Obviously, since COVID, everything is online. And as you're aware, Heidi, we were involved with Mental Loop before COVID, but yep. that gave us a really great head start into bringing all the mentors on and uh, making sure that everyone was really aware that, um, you know, this is the way to go. And that's been amazing because we can um, match people up anywhere now. Yeah. Geography is not an issue. Mm. Yeah, yeah that's all. amazing. I mean, we've seen that too because we was they were still fight, fighting this, I guess, perception that mentoring had to be done face-to-face in person, you know, mm. and that's not just at, you know, a non-for-profit community level. You know, this was you know, corporate programs, um, government, you know, a, a, a wide spectrum, you know. There was still this sort of, yeah, as I said, perception that you did need to meet with your mentor, mentor face-to-face. And, you know, I think COVID has definitely opened up the door to, you know, a new way of thinking of obviously we don't need to be having a coffee meeting for this mentoring relationship. And and yeah. and now what that has done is it actually, you know, it widens the spectrum of who you could potentially match someone with. And I think when we, we take out, uh, you know, when we take away some of those blockers, you know, what we open ourselves up is the ability to create even better matches, you know. Um, Absolutely. If, if we're removing location as kind of a barrier. So yeah. that, that's amazing to hear that playing out in reality. Yeah. program. I was also going to add, if I may, that um, in relation to what else we've been able to do because we've got less admin yeah. stuff now that we are, you know, online with Mentor Loop, um, we've been able to expand the mentor program out and we've got a couple of different arms, if you like, of the mentor program. So we've been working on a model. Uh, Fitter for Work has uh, SheWorks, which is a social enterprise arm of the organisation that links women to employers. So it's like a recruitment arm of the oh, amazing. Yeah, as a social enterprise, which I forgot to mention earlier. Um, and so with that, uh, we are taking our work-ready women, if you like, or inviting work-ready women that come to our service to apply for roles that our SheWorks team have been um, securing through employers that want to work with us and they yes. you know, want more women. They're prepared mm. to you know, give our women um, an opportunity. So we've developed what we call the SWIM program, which is the SheWorks Interim Mentoring Program. And that's just more of a targeted short-term, the woman's in that recruitment phase. We um, want to give them a mentor just for that six weeks or so. Just a bang, check-in call every week at key spots in that recruitment process. So we've been able to sort of develop that up a little bit, um, a lot. Um, We also have now expanded out um, and we are running a mentoring in prison program. So Fitted for Work has for a number of years consistently developed and been working um, 
in the prisons, both women's prisons here in Victoria, running our transition to work program, and we still call it that. It's helping yep. women um, prepare for employment, think about employment for when they get out. We've been doing that for a number of years. I could talk a lot about that just in itself as a program. Yeah. But just in the last um, almost two years now, no, 12 yeah. months, I beg your pardon, 12 months, we've been doing mentoring with women in prison. And so we've been um, providing uh, women a few months out from release with a mentor. And then the intention is that they start planning and working together around employment and then the mentee will contact the mentor when they're out and they continue that relationship to help in employment. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's been great Mm. to have the time to develop that and um, so far so good. Yeah, and look, I think that's that's an amazing sort of evolution that just shows the maturity of the organisation and I guess this vision you've had for for mentoring um, and that it doesn't have to just be this one way that it plays out you know that traditional one-to-one you're in a relationship for 12 months and and this is we're meeting once a month you know I think what you've demonstrated there is the maturity of your organization how you think about mentoring and we're very much seeing much more of this dynamic sort of flash mentoring play out yeah and you know sometimes that's all you need you just it's just about getting from a to b and that just might be this six-week period that you spoke about and um you know I think having those expectations around, uh, you know, the time and the commitment, you know, really enables actually potentially more people to participate in mentoring yeah. as well, that it has, doesn't have to be this lifelong commitment that you're you're signing up for. So that's a, amazing to hear about all those different initiatives. So I guess, you know, thinking, moving on from, I guess, running the programs, um, I'd love to ask both of you if you were able to share, I guess, you know, a memorable moment Um for you personally from the mentor program, you know, maybe it's sharing a story around a a notable mentoring relationship where you really felt like the experience, you know, did change a life or um, course correct for someone, Um, you know, a mentee or a mentor. Does a a story come to to mind for you, you, Mary, in particular? Um, Oh, there are so many, Heidi. There are so (laughs) many stories. But, um, you know, two that I think of, which I think might demonstrate um, sort of the extremes of of the women that work help and mentoring has helped. So one comes to mind very early on um, in the when we were offering the mentoring. The, we set up a mentoring with um, a mentee who was quite young. I think I think she was probably about seventeen years old. Had a lot of um, health issues. Had a lot of anxiety about leaving her home. Um, you know, really difficult. Although, you know, and her mother dropped her off at the course that we were running and, and she didn't attend the course every every time it was on, but she came to majority, so good on her. And we said to her, please come, even if you don't make it one week, you know, please come yeah. the next week, it's all good. And she did she did do that when she could. We matched her up with a, a brilliant mentor. And, uh, you know, initially she had said to the mentor, can you come to my home? And the mentor said, no, that's not something that we can do. Let's have a, a think about where we could meet that you would feel comfortable with. Like the mentor was just gold. Yeah. Um, and uh, they ended up meeting at a cafe at the end of her street. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was just all these baby steps in trying to help that person stretch a bit but still feel comfortable, build that rapport, build that trust. Um, as I said, the mentor was 
was brilliant in understanding that and not pushing her too yeah. far. But um, there's lots of things that happen. But I guess the most momentous thing is that, that she got that person on a public transport. And I know that probably doesn't sound big, but it was big. Yes. In that if Absolutely. you're thinking about your yeah. journey and your um, your path to employment, it's going to be very difficult if you can't even, you know, go outside yeah. of your neighbouring area or go on public transport, et cetera. So it was a real, it was a big milestone in that mentoring relationship to have that person just take public transport, you know, just mm. so that's. That's one sort of end of the continuum. So when we're looking at people who are looking for work, we have people that are pre-pre-employment. And yeah. then the other example that comes to mind is someone that was um, matched with a, another brilliant mentor. There's a theme. All our mentors are pretty brilliant. Um, <laughs> uh, so with that person, they were very much job ready and they actually got a job very quickly after they met um, that was already in the pipeline. The thing with that mentoring relationship is that what that was about is supporting that mentee to maintain, to sustain employment. About six weeks, uh, it was about six weeks that um, the mentee had been working, loving it, loving it. It was great. Um, she contacted, she texted the, the mentor to say, I've been asked to do a performance review tomorrow. I have no idea what that is. Completely beside herself, have never heard of the term, didn't know what she was supposed to do. Oh, yeah. They're hard the mentor, at the best of times. You oh, know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's right. But she had no idea about that, you know. Yeah. Everyone feels very similar. Anyway, the mentor said, look, um, I, I can speak to you later on, you know, like 5.30, something like that. Send me the paperwork and we'll have a conversation about it. So they did. They talked about how she might prepare. They talked about what it was. Yeah. Um, how she would prepare, etc. Now the mentee turned to the mentor and said, "You know, I was ready to not go in tomorrow and just leave that job, but she was ashamed, she was embarrassed, and she just felt that she should know what that was. And so, what yeah. how's the employer going to look at me if I don't even know that?" And the mentor just talked her down, yeah, her through it. So had that mentor not been involved, that person would be back yeah. on the looking for work and have had an employment history of just six weeks in a job, which is, as we all know, is not a good look. So, you know, it was wonderful. And I believe that meant that, that they're still in touch. It's a very sort of casual, informal sort of touching base type thing. And that yeah. person has gone on, gone on to work in other organisations. So just that was just to give you an idea of the... The no, I think types of mentoring. yeah, no, yeah. they're both amazing stories and and I mm. guess great examples of you know the extent like it's the thing mentoring does not have this script book where it has to be this certain pathway that mm. it plays out and I I love hearing the follow up of you know they still keep in touch because we talk about you know building this advisory board and it's kind of you know as you you can almost think about it mm. as you may not stay in this formal relationship but you connect you collect these mentoring relations as you go and. You know, obviously the intent is hopefully that you can maybe, you know, tap into this, you know, maybe in two years' time yes, or 12 months' yes, time yes. when you're feeling that you need it again. You know, there's yes. this this moment uh, that you need that for. So I, I think they're great examples. Meredith, is there something for you, for you that stands out or something you'd like to share? Um, look, again, there's so many. There are so yeah. many. Um, just on that last point, though, that you mentioned around it's a uh, you develop a good relationship mentoring relationship and it might be something that stays with you for a very long time 
but you might not be in that formal relationship. Just really recently, one of um, our mentors who's been around for a while continues to be involved, taking on new mentees, uh, contacted me recently to say that I think it was actually the first mentee this person ever had and did a great um, job in helping this mentee find work, find um, a good job. The mentee, um, I think, just required some help in finding work in Australia, like was well qualified, but just there was a few language barriers and things. Anyway, um, but at the same time, parallel to all of this, this mentee was experiencing some issues at home and the relationship was a bit stop-start with her partner and there was a period of separation. There's all this sort of stuff and the mentor got her through all of this um, and they sort of intermittently kept in touch. So this would be going back probably six years ago, just this week. Yeah. Um, the mentor reached out to me to say, oh, this mentee um, is going through divorce proceedings and needs some assistance around just understanding family law options, can fit in for work help, you know. Um, yeah. What that demonstrates to me is that woman knew who to go to Yes. As someone that might be able to help her with this Mm. moment. Like employment's fine, she's still working, all of that. But it's just um, at the moment she just needed that little bit of help. And for me it was like, oh, that's Mm. a long-lasting connection. So, you know, that's one. And, look, just really quickly, I can think of examples where we've had um, mentors help women who have been really down and out. Like I can think of one example where one of our women – was on parole and went back to prison, but the mentor supported her. And the role modelling and the dedication of that mentor to help that woman, absolutely amazing, um, transformative for, for the mentee and yeah. really life-changing in some ways for the mentor who opened her world to a whole other world. Well, um, yeah, yeah, I think that that's actually a question I wanted to jump to, I guess, you know, like your mentors as well. We're kind of talking about the mentees here, but... But, yeah, I guess on the mentor side, like for that person in particular, Meredith, like, you know, what were some of the, the learnings for, for, for them in that that uh, experience, through that experience? Oh, immense. They learned a lot about the justice system. <laughs> 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 Didn't they? Yeah, which they'd never had a part of. Yeah, yeah. They learned about um, the meaning of strip search and non-strip <laughs> search visits, so that was another component. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, these are all things that could, oh. could potentially be very valuable in the future. <laughs> yeah. a little bit about. But I think, you know, one of the, oh, look, there is so much about that particular story, you know, just the reasons that, um, mm. you know, life circumstances mean someone makes this choice and then yeah. that's the follow-on. And I think yeah. that was really eye-opening for the mentor to understand just how the fragility of that, like, some people's particular situations can change in a moment, yeah. um, whereas those of us that have a little more security um, and stability in our lives don't experience that. So I think the mentor learnt a lot in that way. And I think the other thing, and Mary, you might um, have a comment about this too, but I think the other thing that mentor learnt was that, um, again, when you live a life of relative stability and um, security, you take a lot of things for granted about what you've got in your own upbringing. So you just naturally um, pass that on in your interactions with other people. And this young woman was just blown away by the mentee 
by, I think, the role modelling she got from this woman, who would have been, like, I'm guessing it would have been like a mother-daughter age difference. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was easy for the young woman to kind of see this older, mature woman and think, oh, wow, that's how people interact. Mm, Yeah. Oh, that's what a, a positive relationship is or we disagree about something but it's not yeah you know it's not, it's not a big deal it's not yeah. escalating yeah. Into the something. role the role modeling that the mentors give is, is massive key massive the other thing is about um being not non-judgmental Heidi as well yes uh you know we we do a lot of that talking about unconscious bias or bias confirmation um with the mentors and about suspending their judgment um, and just being present for the mentee. And that example was very much about, um, you know, I don't, I don't think they even knew what they, that person was in for because it's irrelevant. And just like, uh, you know, the mentees in our mainstream program, um, you know, and the prison program, it's you don't necessarily need to know people's life story. You're just sitting there assisting them from this point on with no judgment as to what's happened in the past um, and being mindful of the choices that they might be making during that relationship as well. So I think non-judgmental is um, being non-judgmental is also key. And we do find that, that, you know, when we do the mentor training, we do have people that drop off because it's not exactly what they thought it would be. And that's fine because we don't want them to sign up for something that they don't feel that they can be a part of because the fitted for work mentoring program may be, and likely to be different to their corporate program or other sort of settings that they may have mentored. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've, you've highlighted, you know, some key skills there that are important, you know, like in your own personal development as a, a mentor, you know, it's not just about paying it back. You're not just there to put it on your resume. Like there's some amazing life skills that, you know, through those examples you've just shared that, you know, there's huge value for a mentor here as well in that experience you know empathy um you know that active listening you know you know that that takes some skill and practice and some awareness to be able to have that self-control to do that Mm, amazing well look i you know i'm thank you so much for sharing uh about uh you know the amazing work you do at fitted for work and some of those stories i just wanted to wrap with one final question you're already doing a lot, obviously, in the mentoring space, but, you know, I, I just, is it, what's next? Like, what's next for you in terms of, you know, these initiatives going forward? Is there, um, or is there a, a program that you're looking to to set up in, in 2022? But what's the vision going forward for Fitted for Work and all your mentoring initiatives? Yeah, look, I think the, um, the big vision for 2022 is just getting all of our services um, you know, back to whatever the new normal is. So, um, uh, you know, mentoring doesn't need to be on site. It's not that. But, like, we have, yeah. um, as an organisation, we've had, um, you know, two years almost in a new building and we haven't had the whole team in together working. Yeah. So that's a big priority for the organisation, just to settle into our new space. That's another yeah. whole story. But the mentor program, um, the big vision is just to see it continue to expand yeah. Um, we, we are national. We can be um, a provider of mentoring for women anywhere across the country and we're really keen to see that expand. Um, so that's the big vision, I suppose, to see that just start to really take off into next year. Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Well, look, uh, thank you, Meredith. Thank you, Mary, 
so much for taking the time to have a chat with me today on The Right Connection. It's been fabulous talking to you both. We'll wrap it up there, but thanks so much. Thank you. Bye.